As Karen comes to read the scripture this morning, again, this is like so often happens with Paul, is the Apostle Paul, is he gives us these lists that will help us understand what our role might be. And I, I just ask that as you hear this scripture out of Colossians, that you, that you look at how this not only means for us as adults, but what does this mean for our relationship with children? So, Karen? As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thank you, God. Thank you, Karen. The fact that you heard her read this and saw it on the screens doubles the influence that it can have on your ability to hear it and learn it. Then, if somehow I was able to come throughout the congregation and as she was reading, just lay a hand on your shoulder, that you would increase 80% your retention of that scripture. Right, Nancy? Good job. <laughs> many of you have noticed, I mean, nobody has noticed, but when I, when I come around and I talk to you, um, or I, I come and I greet you, or, you know, Dwayne and I are talking and then I'll say, well, it's good to see you, and I touch him that way, it is always a prayer that I offer in the midst of that. It is, it is something that I do, and I know in this day and age, particularly in all of the training that we've had as pastors, we're supposed to not touch people. I will tell you I'm very careful about how I do that, but at the same time, there's something very effective about that. And, by the way, if during the sermon, particularly during the sermon, I had, oh, let's just say bread baking up here, and that wafting, beautiful smell of fresh-baked bread was coming through the congregation, pleasing aroma, Ten times, it increases our ability to take in that message tenfold. Tenfold. I still remember, and I, I can't remember, this is how significant it was. Um, Rachel, it may have been Rachel Saw and, um, and Allison who were cooking the bread that was going to be used for communion one day. I still remember that service, and I can see it visually. It's what happens when we smell something like cherry Kool-Aid 
or for me, it was that like tropical fruit punch that we got in kindergarten in the little Dixie cups. But here's, there's more to it than even that. I, I want you to think about this beautiful banner representing communion in some ways. To think about the whole experience with communion. First, you're asked to stand, if you can. Otherwise, we'll bring it to you. And we move together toward the center aisle. And there you are with others. And sometimes we brush against them and feel their presence. And you come up and for many of us extend our hands out. And when that bread is torn off, it emits an aroma. And when that bread is placed in our hands, it emits a feeling. And then we take that bread and dip it in the cup and put it toward our mouth. But before it gets there, what happens? Even when it enters your mouth, your olfactory senses take over. And not only do you taste it, but you smell it. And it's all a reminder. It's a reminder of Christ, Christ's gifts to us, and our sense of community together. And then some of you come and you kneel and pray. I'm not sure there's anything we do that is more tactically kinesthetic than communion in worship. And yet, here's what happens. And I've seen it just for me. I'll speak for myself. Every single time I take a piece of bread and tear it off a loaf anywhere, I'm reminded. Anytime I drink or smell grape juice, I'm reminded. And especially when the two go together, I'm reminded. And yet here we are sitting in a worship service that is almost all auditory. And yet more and more and more research has come out around how children learn. That also extends to us. It's also about how we learn. And we learn with color. We learn with feel. We learn with smell. That's why I did that with the kids, is to, to look at all of that and, and our sight and our taste and all of those things are essential pieces of our learning. And, and here, here are some other pieces of the research is that we now know that colors enhance or distract from learning. And certain colors, uh, Kate was sitting right over there this morning, Kate Ingalls, and, and said to her, I, and, and, and Harris, I understand why the sanctuary is like this. But, but I said, would you ever paint your classroom this color, red and white? And both hands went up and was this. Why? Well, because it is, it is not conducive to learning. It, it, can, it can just make some children very hyper, just the colors alone. I had somebody talk to me between services about training that they went to where it was all color manipulative, that, that the hallways were bright orange. It was like, oh. And it was to dr- literally drive people out of the hallway because it engages something in your brain that you don't want to be there surrounded by that kind of color. And my favorite piece of this was the break room was Shrek green. I know. Why? 
Who wants to spend a lot of time in a Shrek green break room? Again, to drive them, all the offices were beautiful earth tones with wood. Come to work. (laughs) Come to work. Come sit at your desk. It's amazing what color does. And this year I really do want to be intentional about exploring what we can do to warm up this room to warm up the classrooms that are upstairs. All you have to do is go downstairs and see what's happening. The colors are, are vibrant but peaceful. The doors are pastels that just draw the kids in. And yeah, there are bright colors at certain places, but for the most part, is, it is the warmth of it. And so we're, gonna, we're also going to play around a little bit next year uh, about um, what we can do here that is more kind of techno, kinesthetic, olfactory, really using more and more senses. Why? Because, like I said, man, it just helps us focus in and learn more deeply. Why am I sharing all that with you this morning? Well, because tomorrow we'll have maybe 80 kids coming in here. Very few of those children come from this church. Some do. The youth are going to help. There are a bunch of other folks here that are going to help. And, and, and this beyond the preschool is the largest outreach to children in this community that we offer. And how is it done? How is it done? It uses every single one of those senses And to some extent, it's to draw children in, to help them have fun, to dance and to sing and to eat and to play and to and to learn and to be introduced to characters that we would never otherwise necessarily be introduced to, like a bat. Who wants to meet a bat? But this bat is different. And the whole purpose is to help them understand the light of Christ, to help them understand the love of God. I kept thinking back about camp. What is it about camp that is so magical? I mean, think about it. You're going, okay, maybe part of it is you're going away from home. (laughs) There is that. But I don't care how many times you've been to camp. It's scary. Every time it's different. You don't know who's going to be there. You know your parents aren't going to be there. And for many, particularly our younger campers, that alone is terrifying. And yet, by the end of the first day, those kids, for the most part, are absolutely fully engaged. Why? Because they're fed well. They're entertained. They become the sounders. Because what do they do? All the movements are choreographed in all of those songs like Peace Like a River. And they just get into it. They're building relationships with others. And they are at that point where those relationships become sometimes lifelong. And the memories of camp for so many of us are so positive. Like that. It's amazing. Here's the other reason I wanted to share that with you this morning. All of us learn in different ways. But my question is, 
Why is it continually so hard to get volunteers? This should be our one of our annual mini mission trips. Right here. Right here. It's nine to noon, four days. And and again, it's not about guilt because I so appreciate how many of you are involved. But the whole church should be engaged in this. Uh, uh, at the last core leadership team meeting, once again, the decision was made that the, the primary focus of the church is going to be children and family. Now, here's the danger of saying that, and I got confronted with it between services. Sometimes when I say family, some of our older members believe that somehow that excludes them. Are you kidding me? You have more to offer the others, the children particularly, than anyone else in this congregation. You have life experience and adventures that you have lived. They are dying to hear. I shared that last week, that the stories that you can share with them are as important as any stories they'll hear, maybe beyond their parents. And so I'm asking you, this is that year where we're going to begin to share our stories together. And by the way, it's coming next month. I'm asking four of you to share your stories next month, every age, four of those age levels. So if you can help today, that would be great. If you can help tomorrow, that would be great. More importantly, it's what do we need to be doing as a church on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday mornings, on Wednesday evenings, whatever it is that will enhance the opportunities for all of us to learn, not just the children, For all of us to learn, to be able to walk into this place and just feel that presence and that peace and that wonderment and that adventure. And I've got crazy ideas coming up this year. And I know already you're going, oh, no, not again. (laughs) But I do. And this time I'm not going to apologize for them. Crazy ideas that are going to make this a center for this community and make people just want to be here. I will tell you, Jeffrey, I'm going to use you in the sermon. He'll never come back. But, it's, it's, but as soon as I told him that there were Pokemon Go characters on campus, he was out the door. Engaging, engaging. And, and well, there you go, buddy. And, and there are. What other things can we do to engage the youngest and the oldest and everything in between. Well, friends, it begins with having the heart of a child. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't, don't stop them. Don't. Don't stop them. For if you are to truly understand what the kingdom of God is about, all you have to do is watch a child. Will you pray with me? God, help us understand how we all learn. And it isn't just about sitting and listening to a message or just singing songs. It even begins with color and coloring on occasion and hanging up those things that we color that are expressions of our belief about you. But it's so much more to that. You have created in us senses. And may worship bring those senses alive. God, we just ask your direction.
all this in Christ's name. Amen.